Dear friends in Christ, as I mentioned, we are entering the season of Lent. It's a season that's more somber in tone than other seasons of the church year, because during this season we contemplate, we think about Jesus' suffering and death. We think about how he was mistreated, how he was persecuted, how he was rejected, never did anything wrong. Arrested, hauled in on all on trumped up charges, and, but he just let this all happen to him. Let himself be beaten, crowned of thorns put on his head, mocked, taken out to be crucified, so weak he couldn't even carry his own cross, had to someone else carry it for him, nailed to that cross and finally died. A lot of suffering, and then we have to think, okay, why did he do this? Why didn't he get out of it? He had the power to, but he was doing this because of our sins. He wanted to pay for our sins so we wouldn't have to face an eternity in hell. And so we then start thinking about our own sins and we come to repentance and think, wow, those things were terrible. Those things hurt people. They hurt me. They angered God. I'm repentant of them. Then you go back one step further. Okay, how can I avoid getting into this again? Is there a way I can stop sinning? Well, we go back to where sin starts with temptation. We want to think about that during this season of Lent is facing temptation. How do we overcome it? And in our first week, we're going to look at Jesus himself being tempted and who he was and how he faced uh, that temptation. And so we look to Jesus when he was tempted. We're looking at Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 4, where the writer of the Hebrews, and we don't know who wrote this book, starts in chapter 4 this way, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. So we take a look at this from another perspective, our relationship with God. God, there is a real God. There is a true God. He is all-powerful. He's created everything. He is also all-holy. And no sin can be tolerated in his presence. On the other hand, we are sinners. How can we approach God? That sin has to be taken care of. We can't do it ourselves. We can't get rid of ourselves. So we need an intermediary to make us worthy. Someone to come between You know, sometimes that happens even in real life. A child does something really bad in the family, maybe even keeps doing it, later realizes 
how do I get back in my parents' good graces and maybe they need an intermediary, maybe another uh, a sibling or something, somebody who's going to come in between. Of course, they can't even take care of that, but that's what Jesus, our intermediary, did. This intermediary, the function of this intermediary, started already when Adam and Eve first sinned. And God promised, I will send a descendant of the woman who will come between and conquer the devil and make it so that you can come back to God. Uh, <clears throat> now, God repeated this promise, and then in the Old Testament, he gave uh, various pictures of this intermediate. One of the pictures was the office of the high priest. Uh, as the... Uh, <clears throat> And this high priest would be the one coming for the people to God. Now this high priest, the writer of the Hebrews in the next chapter goes on to say it this way, to be sure every high priest is chosen from the people and is appointed to represent the people in the things pertaining to God so that he may offer gifts as well as sacrifices for sin. So his job to go in between, to offer sacrifices to uh, atone for the sins before God. So here's one artist's conception of what a priest looked like. It was an important job. It was a high job. And there were certain clothes that God had prescribed for the high priest to wear. Uh, a lot of them had some symbol, uh, significance. On his chest is the, uh, the breastplate that has 12 precious gems in it representing the 12 tribes of Israel. And this is how he approached God, wearing this, because he was representing the people of Israel to God. And so, but to come to God, you have to bring sacrifice. God demands sacrifice for sin. And once they made those sacrifices, sin is forgiven, atoned for, and now the way is opened back to God. Uh, so it was, it was quite a process at the temple, the sacrifices, the priests, and the high priest doing this, but it helped the people to see, made it clear to them, they could not go directly to God, but through an intermediary, the high priest, with a sacrifice for sin. So these high priests it were pictures or shadows of the great high priest who was to come, Jesus, the Son of God, as he's labeled here in the book of Hebrews. Uh, helping picture this, you know, when Jesus died on the cross, made that payment for all of our sins, took our sins out of the way, there was a big heavy curtain in the temple that was split from top to bottom. This curtain separated the most holy place in the temple. And only the high priest could go there and only once a year. But now, that temple is ripped. The way to God is opened through Jesus Christ. Um, so, the way to God really is still the same. It's rather than through the person of a high priest, it's through the great high priest, Jesus 
you recognize that when you pray at the end of your prayers, you say, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, or something like that. You realize your prayers can't be accepted by God except they go through Jesus Christ, who made that ultimate sacrifice of himself, took his own blood into the most holy place to make atonement for sins, and now those sins are gone. Um, so the way to God really has always been the same. From the time Adam and Eve first sinned and put their faith in that descendant of the woman, is that the announcement of that intermediary through the high priests of the Old Testament era, until now we go through Jesus Christ as they did also. Now the, the writer of the Hebrews goes on to explain a little bit more about the high priest. He is able to deal gently with those who are ignorant and are going astray since he himself is subject to weakness. This is an interesting attribute of a priest to emphasize here. It's, it's not one you usually think of with big, important leaders in the world. The high priest represented the whole nation of Israel. Even at the time of Moses, that was probably over a million people. That's a lot of people. He was high. He was exalted. He wore these fancy clothes, but it was important that he be able to stay in touch with his people to be empathetic. And here it's stated he was, um, he had his weaknesses too. Uh, he was a sinner himself. And we see how Jesus carries that out for us. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet he did not sin. When Jesus, when the Son of God came down to this earth and became a human being, he set aside everything it means to be God and lived as a human being, fully as a human being, with all the limitations there are to him of being a human, he lived that way. He would wor work all day. He would get tired and need to sleep. He would get hungry and thirsty and have to stop to eat and to drink. If someone, you know, cut him or whatever, he hurt, he bled. When people persecuted him, when they said mean things about him, he hurt. He felt all of these things that we feel. Uh, this is the high priest we have, one who has felt all those things that we have felt. Uh, now, how can this help us deal with temptation? When you are tempted, when you feel temptation, when you feel tempted to do something that you know is wrong, think about your relationship with God. Think about how that good relationship came about through Jesus, your high priest, offering himself as a sacrifice for your sins, offering his blood before his heavenly Father so that you can be atoned from your sins. When we, look, when we face temptation, look to 
look to Jesus, and there you will see Jesus, our empathetic high priest. We look back at one of the verses we just considered, but we have one, that is a high priest, who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet he did not sin. When we see this particular passage, of course, we're reminded of our gospel for today, where Jesus is up against the devil. The devil comes to him and tries very hard to get him to sin. Remember, he was living fully as a human being. These temptations were very real to him. Uh, after, eat, after not eating for 40 days, imagine how hungry he would have been. So when you know, the devil says, well, yeah, you can make stone into bread. And that was a real temptation to him. Uh, <clears throat> when he thought about what he was facing, the tremendous suffering of, his, of the cross, of his father's abandonment, to find a, a shortcut. The devil would just simply give him the whole world. That was a te real temptation to him. And, of course, his people are, not le are leaving him. How do you get more followers? Well, if he could jump off the temple and not die, what effect would that have on the people? Wow, they'd probably start flocking to him. It was, these were all very real temptations to him. And besides these three specific temptations, Jesus was tempted his whole visible life on this earth by the devil. He was always there. It says, it, it, you know, after this, he left him for a time, but, and then there was the world. Uh, when we talk about the world, we're talking about the vast majority of, of unbelievers in the world who are working against God and against his people and against Jesus. There were temptations there of the persecutions and the, ridicule. Uh, what he didn't have was a sinful nature, uh, so he didn't have that to fight against, but he had all the others who were very real. Uh, and then Jesus repulsed all of these temptations. And in the gospel, we see how he did that. The first thing he did was to recognize that what the devil was trying to get him to do was a sin. You think of that first one. Turn this bread into, or turn this stone into bread. You have the power to do that, do it. And at first glance, maybe it doesn't look like a sin. But he had been led into the desert to trust, uh, to follow God and to trust that God would give him what he needed. It was, a, it was a temptation to not trust God, and he recognized it as such. Um, he was tempted to worship the devil and not his father. He turned and... <clears throat> So the first thing was he uh, recognized these sins as these temptations as sins. And then he turned to Holy Scriptures, turned to God's Word, looking for ways that he could answer the devil and turn that away. Oh, we're supposed to trust only God. 
Now, the devil had to fall silent. He, couldn't, he didn't have an answer for those things. And eventually, would have to leave him for a time. Uh, passages uh, about trusting God. Uh, <clears throat> so we see, now maybe we don't know Scripture like Jesus did. Now Jesus himself had to learn Scripture. He studied it when he was a child. He amazed his teachers at 12 years old, but he was in the process of studying it. And we can do that too. But we don't need to have the precise words of all of Scripture. As we think about temptations that come to us to, to not trust God, what does think? He told us, trust in me. Cast all your care on me. You don't have to know the whole passage, but you, you know that. To uh, worship something besides God, to put your confidence in the money or in science or something like that. Oh, but trust God. Love him. And fear him more than anything else. Just think of those general passages, parts of which you remember, and that's the way you can repulse temptation as Jesus did. So when we see temptation uh, and look at Jesus being tempted, we see Jesus repulsing temptation with God's word. So we often fall, and so the writer of the Hebrews helps us here. He says, So let us approach the throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. This brings another picture from the Old Testament worship. This is the Ark of the Covenant, uh, connected with the high priest, because only the high priest even got to see this, really. It was in that most holy place in the temple, which is where God showed his presence, and the, and the high priest only went once a year. There was basically one piece of furniture. There was this ark, which was a box, a little over two feet by two feet by about four and a half feet. Not real big, made out of wood, and then overlaid inside and out with gold. And then in that box, that ark, were put the tablets of stone on which were inscribed God's laws. Then there was a cover to be made for this ark, and it was to be made of pure gold, not wood and overlaid with gold, but it was to be made of pure gold, having a, a, a frame around it. There were also the poles to carry it with, because remember this uh, first was in the tabernacle, which was a tent of meeting, which moved with the people when they, as they were progressing to the promised land. On top of this were two cherubim, a kind of angel. Again, made out of pure gold with wings that, that arched over the top of the, of the cover for the ark. And this is where God made his presence known. After the tabernacle was made, the ark was made, put in that most holy place, ready to be dedicated, the Lord came down in this cloud, kind of a fiery cloud, and he dwelt there. 
the people could see God is in our midst. This is where God met Moses and talked face to face with Moses, as he said. He was the only one he did that with. This is where the high priests would come once a year on the great day of atonement. Uh, but they could ha- first they made a sacrifice of a bull, took the blood of that bull into the most holy place and sprinkled it on the Ark of the Covenant to make atonement for the sins of the high priest first. Then he went back out, sacrificed a goat, and took the blood of the goat, took that in there, and made uh, sacrifice for all the people. So in that way, the way is open to God. Sin is removed. Of course, all of these sacrifices, the blood of bulls and goats doesn't do anything by itself. It all was pointing ahead. It was all a foreshadowing of the blood of the Lamb of God that would come and take away the sin of the world. This cover was called uh, the mercy seat in some places or the uh, cover of atonement. Inside this ark, remember those tablets of stone which had God's laws written on them. When you read God's laws, you hear accusations, don't you? You you feel your sins because it's revealing your sins. That cover closed that off and said, okay, these sins are covered up. The shouting of the law no longer can get through. It's a seat of atonement or a mercy seat. Now we can come to God with this sin taken care of. Uh, and now God can dwell with his people. And so when God's people fall into sin, and we all fall into sin from time to time, there, was, there is a place to go. Go to God's throne of grace, which is what the writer of the Hebrews calls it here. The Old Testament, they picture it as, this is the throne of grace or the mercy seat. Sins are covered. Our sins are atoned for. Two of the pictures that God uses in the, in the Bible to help us understand our sin is taken out of the way, covered up, atoned for, paid for by the blood of Christ. Lost connection there. So I'll go back to my paper one here. What now? What do we do with this knowledge of you know how Jesus faced temptation, how we turn to him, we see him as a high priest? Uh, you know, when we think of facing temptation, fighting off the devil, as you think about this, remember that this Jesus, who is your high priest, not just the man standing there fighting the devil, he is your high priest. Come down from God to make atonement for your sins. Your sins are atoned for by him, and you can now approach God. So you think about that when you're 
when you're being tempted. I have a relationship with God. My sins are atoned for. <clears throat> so see your high priest when you are tempted. And so as you look and listen to Jesus when the devil is attacking him with these temptations, remember how Jesus responded. He responded with the word of God. Let us recommit ourselves to studying that word and, and seeing in it answers for the temptations we face. See God's holy scripture when you are tempted. And finally, when you fall, and we often will fall as long as we're on this earth, as long as we have a sinful nature, turn to God. Turn to his throne of grace where he has promised he will be with you because your sins have been atoned for. Return to his throne of grace. See God's mercy seat when you are tempted. Temptations will come as long as we're on this earth. And <clears throat> but we have a tool, we have tools to face them in Jesus Christ. When you are tempted, look to Jesus when he was tempted. Amen.